Normally, I wouldn't pay much attention to the claim which has long insisted that the Nantios Cup is the Holy Grail. There is something like 200 contenders for the Grail in Europe alone, this being one of them, and so, I'm certainly not claiming this to be the one now. The cup is said to be miraculous, healing those who drink from it, but I am unimpressed. The Catholic Church has a long-standing history with these sorts of relics, nothing new here. For one reason or another, it simply attracted my gaze. I mean, after everything we've been through with the Friday the 13th episode, by which Templar Knights slipped out the back door and sailed off into the sunset of his story, not to overlook the stunning re-emergence of the Shroud of Turin, events which line up with my proposed timeline regarding the end of the Millennial Kingdom and the whereabouts of 1500. Supposedly, it is then when the Nantios Cup shows face as well, and isn't that interesting? Its rise to fame can ultimately be tied in 1901 to George Eyre Evans, a Welsh historian and antiquarian who had become concerned about the preservation of the ruins at Strata, Florida. And Strata, Florida would be a monastery in Wales that was destroyed. I am pulling this info from our favorite source at Wiki, so follow along. It was while giving a tour of the ruinous abbey that Evans arranged for a visit to the nearby Natios mansion to see the celebrated wooden healing cup, which, at the time, was already believed to be fashioned from a piece of the true cross. Recall your Welsh history. The true cross was apprehended by Constantine's mother, Helena. In turn, Helena was said to be the daughter of the Welsh king Cole Hen, of Old King Cole fame, according to the Welsh. Roll your eyes all you want. I'm simply explaining to you why they could even claim to have a cup originating from the said object, the true cross. What does seem apparent is that the cup had been preserved at Nantios for a great many untold years, though before that it was held in possession at the Abbey at Strata, Florida. Beginning in 1878, the cup was exhibited by George Powell, the son of Colonel William Powell, from whom he inherited the Nantios estate. Specifically, the exhibition was held for the Cambrian Archaeological Society. In my excitement, I may have neglected to explain that the Nantios Cup has been so extensively damaged over the centuries that less than half of the bowl remains intact. I'm showing you an example of a 14th century mazer, similar in design to what the Nantios Cup may have looked like. And so think of it like this, with what remains of the Natios Cup, why would archaeologists be remotely interested in something like that? Especially since there are perfectly preserved bowls on display and nobody was said to be told at the time that the cup was the grail, or so we're told. It's partly why I'm thinking something else may be going on. By the way, supposing it is the grail, this wouldn't be the first time that a sacred object was put on display for the unsuspecting public. The Lance of Longinus was claimed by a whistleblower to have been displayed in a storefront window in Long Beach, California, of all places, the city I was raised in, and nobody batted an eye. Well, one such member of Evans' tour group, Ethelwyn Mary Amory, subsequently declared the cup to be the Holy Grail in 1905. In her pamphlet, 
sought and found a story of the Holy Grail, she claims its origin story was told to her by the hostess at Nantios, leaving us with two potential options. The hostess was either a very elderly Anna Maria Powell, widow of the late William Powell, or her daughter-in-law Margaret Powell, wife of George Powell. And here is the story that she told. Many years ago, when Henry VIII was destroying the monasteries, his servants came into Wales, and hearing of an ancient monastery among the hills, where only seven old monks remained to guard their treasure, determined to destroy the abbey and seize their goods. But the monks were warned by friendly neighbors and fled by night, bearing their treasure with them. Their journey was long and dangerous for such old men, but they reached the house of Nat Eos in safety and deposited the treasure they had suffered so much to save. One by one, the old monks died, and when the last one was at the point of death, he entrusted the treasure to the owner of the house that had sheltered them until the church should once more claim its own. But the church has not yet claimed it, and it is that treasure of the monks which you now see. Wait, what? King Henry VIII was going about destroying monasteries? Between Anne Boleyn and Catherine Parr, how did he even manage time for that? Fun fact, of his six rotating wives, three were named Catherine and two Anne, with only one being a Jane. Well, anyways, it was the Reformation, and Henry eventually got around to cutting ties with the Catholic Church, even though Rome was, by all indications, playing both sides. Between 1536 and 1540, Henry VIII dissolved over 800 monasteries, abbeys, nunneries, and friaries. 800. One of them was Strata Florida in Wales, which, as you can see, sits in a ruinous state. I will ask, what is contained within monasteries? Books. Records of past events. They will tell you it was all about the land grab and financial wealth, but then why limit the PSYOP which can be milked from a war? Again, the whereabouts of 1500 would signal the end of the thousand years, resulting in another reset event. Sounds to me like eight was going about destroying Millennial Kingdom structures, using the Protestant banner for his cover. Wiki has an entire list of the monasteries which were quote-unquote dissolved by Henry VIII. Bassingwork Abbey, Beaulieu Abbey, Benham Priory, Bolton Abbey, Buildwest Abbey, and Byland Abbey. You may have noticed those all begin with the letter B, when the list is comprised of A to Z, implying that I have only shown you a mere handful of them. It's not like foreign invaders took the old battering ram out to those places. They were destroyed from the local governments. Call them quote-unquote dissolved all you want, but I'm detecting a theme on par with the destruction of the old world cities disguised as the world fairs, like the one they burned down in Chicago. It appears as though the dissolving of the old world kingdom began as soon as it was over. Of all the treasures which fleeing mocks would carry with them, you'd think a gnarled cup beyond repair would be the last thing they grab on their way out the door. Imagine a scenario where your house is on fire and you have just enough time to grab one item. Back in the day, it would be the family photo album rather than the coffee mug. 
Well, apparently, there were seven monks residing in Strata, Florida, and all of them decided that the eight needn't get his grubby paws on the Natios cup. Can you imagine Henry washing down his turkey leg with something like that? There are objections to the story laid out by Ethelwyn Mary Amory. For starters, Nantios Mansion has no recorded history before its 18th century construction, the years 1738 through 1757 specifically, and the person to establish the estate was Colonel John Jones, a royalist during the English Civil War and High Sheriff of Cardiganshire for 1665. But then you and I know that many of these structures are much older than they're letting on, centuries older. We are also told that there is no record of such a cup having ever existed in Strata, Florida. And why would there be? Henry VIII didn't go about dissolving 800 monasteries for nothing. And anyways, the same record loss is attributed to the Shroud of Turin by its detractors, and yet I've shown that to be untrue. There is residue. The detractors this time around insist the only evidence for the Nantios Cup being the Holy Grail is that the claim has been spouted so often that people simply believe it to be so, and they have a point. I could see that to be the case. As a reminder, I am not saying Nantios is the Grail. What is true though is that we're dealing with the unholy trinity of globalist control. Not getting into Rome or Washington DC at the moment, though of the three, London is the world's financial hub. Therefore, telling us that the agent of Rome ransacked medieval structures for financial gain, though I would emphasize millennial kingdom structures for financial gain, that should turn your gaze, as it did mine. And of course, the Natios Cup rises out of their ashes. Before you claim Ethelwyn Mary Amory the pamphlet writer was inventing a story for a quick buck, we are never told that Welsh historian George Eyre Evans or the Powell family, Natios estate caretakers, rescinded her claims. Quite the opposite. And then again, with the cup's popularity surge came new funding to the Abbey, so there's that. In 1909, Evans held an event at Strata, Florida, attended by 350 people, despite heavy rains. And so, getting back to those miracles. We are then told that the rain stopped and a brilliant ray of sunshine broke through the clouds the moment it was removed from its case and laid on a table in full public view. 